everybody. Welcome to Yeah, But Still. This week, uh, I'm very excited. For those who uh, listen, have listened to this podcast for a while, I've I've definitely alluded to wanting to have uh, more hardcore bands on as guests of this pod. This is a band uh, that's near and dear to me, one that I've wanted to have on for a very long time. Um, and, and now, finally making it happen. Um, everybody, welcome to the podcast, uh, Have Heart. More specifically... Kay and Pat of the band Have Heart. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having Kay. Literally, I don't think I've ever read a single interview with with you in it. Kay, you're oh yeah, this is definitely my first you... podcast appearance for sure. <laughs> Are you normally a, a quiet one, strong I feel silent like type? I'm not the um, face of the band, but I I'm behind the scenes pulling a lot of strings. So yeah, yeah, that could be he... exclusive. Kay likes to call me a puppet master. I like to throw it back at him. He's the, yeah. the puppet master of a puppet master, I guess you could say. Uh, but I would love in this day and age for Kay to be the new face of, uh, of, a, band, <laughs> of, a, band, of a band that broke up uh, over 10 years ago now at yeah. this point. Well, yeah. I mean, so so I've wanted to have you guys on this podcast for a long time. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm stoked that it's finally happening. I think a lot of people uh, might be a little confused to see you on this podcast or surprised um for many reasons but one of them is that you are you have been broken up for so long you broke up 10 years ago um and then you played these reunion shows i think there was like two sets of them um in boston your hometown and then los angeles and i mean these were huge like these were huge shows i think anybody even remotely related to the the scene or tertiary scenes was either there or heard about them just because they are so big um if you if you're unfamiliar with this band by the way it's worth looking up uh half heart reunion just to get a idea of these shows i mean they were just too big almost i like i think the venues weren't expecting that many people to show up there's this parking lot show where it's just clearly overflowing with people like an unreasonable amount more than I'm used to seeing at a hardcore show. And then the LA one, I had to like watch in the hallway of the venue, like by the bathrooms, because the crowd was literally like spilling out the front door, like into the streets. There was no separation between like the crowd in the venue watching the show and then like the line outside. They like connected. I, I don't even remember it really uh, correctly. It, <laughs> like, our, our, our last show in two, our last final show as like a, as like an actual band that's in my mind for some reason is uh, it stands out to me as like way more, way crazier. Uh, but there was like 8,000 8, less people at it. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a real, that, that big outdoor show was a real blur. The whole, like we didn't expect that at all. Cause when we, when we broke up, part of the reason why we broke up and is that we were like kind of reading the writing on the wall and we were like, Oh, I think, uh, the tolerance for, uh, vulnerable, uh, hard, personally expressive hardcore is, uh, coming to a, a close, uh, as, uh, bands like trapped under ice who are our friends were kind of gaining a little bit, uh, larger notoriety and, you know, uh, there's a more more of an appetite for uh, you know what I call ass beating music, and uh, <laughs> and and so we when we left, it wasn't like people were throwing rotten tomatoes at us on our way out, but like if we had stayed on a year longer, 
they definitely been would have they would have been like throwing bags of shit at us uh like to to leave and we we were like kind of like historically minded about it and we had seen bands that like broke up at exactly the right time and then we had seen bands that stuck around way too long you know we we were kind of out of gas with the writing stuff and we didn't want to push a record that we didn't really have like the energy for so we just pulled the plug and and then um you know the the 10 year thing came around and uh real quick there was a specific moment in time where we decided to break up which was at a a festival in richmond called united blood oh yeah (laughs) and uh we headlined the festival and i believe trapped under ice played right before us played a blistering set and then basically everybody left. <laughs> and, and, and we were, and, we were just like, oh, I guess it's over now. Yeah, we were in the van. It was like kind of <laughs> kind of quiet on the way back. Because we the, the fucked up thing was literally one year prior, we played the yeah. same festival to probably the same, the same people and fucking killed it. It was like the craziest show we had ever played in Richmond. And like I, I was, I'm, ha- I'm I'm confident to say it was one of the most wild United Blood sets ever. And then exactly one year later, it was truly like, eh, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> and everyone was gone, and we were just like, I mean, we were in the we were in the van driving around. We were like, no one said anything for about like 15, 20 minutes, and we we're like, "Yeah, it's probably time to pull the fucking plug." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's rough. But anyway, all right. So, so you guys played these reunion shows. I mean, I originally brought these up. Just, it's. I mean, it's worth noting to me. It was they're noteworthy because it was just so many people. And like growing up, we went to hardcore shows. There's like pretty much a ceiling to how big a show is going to be. I've gone to fest yeah. where it's just like a couple hundred people in the crowd, and these were wild shows. The Boston one looked especially crazy. So that was the reunion. That's where I met you guys. And um. Oh, we were stoked to see you, bro. I was stoked our, to see you. Uh, what the hell? So now our, like- our bassist Austin Stemper uh, was like, "Oh my god, it's Versace." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "He's over there." Yeah. And when we found out you were a fan, I mean, we were thinking about yeah. doing another set of reunions, man. Just bro, keep it- <laughs> get back on the road. I'll come. Let's go. The meme Lord Versace Tamagotchi. Brandon smiling I mean- over there in a bat, a way I do not like. <laughs> I don't like. I that. mean, not to bring up old content but probably like four or five years ago i saw that shirt music died in 99 yeah and i was like there has never been a anything that's been laser targeted to my humor and sensibilities like that shirt so i almost <laughs> bought five of them for the band dude but then i saw they were 40 bucks and i was like mm, I that was like it. one of those i mean we'll move on from talking about myself but the shirt you're <laughs> describing is like literally it just says that on the front and then on the back is like 30 copyrighted logos of bands. And I sold those for like a long time without getting in trouble, surprisingly. Ian Mackay, that money-grubbing billionaire. Know, right? He's changed, dude. He's changed. Um, but, dudes, I I was texting you earlier. Um, I just casually asked you if you had anything you wanted to talk about on this podcast. And... Um, you responded with quite a few things. I mean, you you hit me with a couple paragraphs that I've now turned into a set of notes. <laughs> I don't think I realized how how much touring you guys like. You toured the world. I don't think. Oh, I, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, a 
this is a fun podcast where where you we're usually like it's nice to talk about i guess the the lighter things for once uh, yeah we wrote pretty per- like personally and lyrically and had like really intense shows but like if anyone really hung out with us it's not that like that energy was fake but like you know we are multifaceted human beings and like you know we're not just all sitting in the van 100% of the time like like writing poetry Bang. to each other and crying and and just vigorously yelling at each other for social ills yeah it, it was predominantly like talking about like how how destructive cc's pizza is to like you know the the digestive system and, <laughs> and like really uh stupid shit like that so you know I, i'm happy to to run through uh oh yeah like the, the reality i would say of like kind of yeah being idiots on tour oh, and i love the, t- the classic world. tour stories oh but be- actually before that um one thing that you told me before that really stuck out is um like while you were because you're a teacher now is it okay if we talk can yeah. we acknowledge yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. so you teach high school um and did you like like you mentioned that like a couple of your students came to those reunion shows but i was surprised it was just like a couple like would like do they know about like do you know do your students know that they're, you're in a band or we're in a band. Like, what do they? What do you? What do you teach? I I teach uh, high school history. I teach tenth uh, graders oh, and and wow. seniors. I mean, like for me, if I found out my teacher, if I like looked up my teacher and like found the YouTube results, I would for you. I would be like really stoked. But I don't know. Like it. it it's it. Uh, it. It's definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the the whole thing is weird because. Yeah, we 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 kind of just totally came at the band as like as like a pretty pure, as pure as can be, like just just down to play shows. I never, even to this day, like I still don't consider myself a musician in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and so, like, despite having student, to having a career as a right, traveling like, musician uh, touring, I mean, it is it is unfair to actual musicians that our band got so popular. Yeah, to compare us to like. <laughs> somebody who can play sure it's kind of ridiculous right uh, it so in my mind and i say this not with false modesty but like i genuinely don't care yeah <laughs> about like about a- any of the uh, perceived su- success that we have and and it's not because i'm like all zen and i'm above it you know i have my anxieties and stress i want music that I put out there to do well, of course, but like, I, I really like history and I like education and, and that's actually where I'm at. And the last thing, and I don't know if anyone here has had this experience, but the, like the truly like death to me is when you're the teacher who like is trying to be cool with the students. It It's, I, I had a couple of those and it's just the worst. It's just the fucking goddamn worst to have like, like a like a poser for a teacher you know <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely and because like you're sitting there and you're like oh you're so lame and you try to connect and it's just like it's just like just do your fucking job don't be my friend and like my father was after he retired from the army he was a he was a teacher and i had him as a teacher uh and i got to see how he taught and like no joke like it was, I had him my freshman year in Latin and he didn't 
not once make no- note of the fact that I was his son. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, hell yeah. like, like to the, like it was the first day, like I, I had expected somewhere along the way, somewhere to be one joke about a hey, father, son dynamics, fucking nothing. Like you would have, everyone knew, but he never made one insinuation about like, Hey son, (laughs) like you're going to get in trouble like for that, like not once. And so like, I, that was a year long experience of of thinking my father either didn't love me or, uh, was doing something, uh, like really profound as a, as an educator, which was like taking his job seriously. So I, I think I took to that. So like when, when the student stuff, I don't really, I don't really pay it that much mind. And my student, you can just, you can just tell like at least on my end that they are so bummed that I am not interested. <laughs> Do they ask you like, about it? Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, like, cause now I think there's like a are reputation you, at the school. By like, the way, oh, are, you impl- the, are you saying that like, Oh, go ahead. No, like kids are like, Oh, that's the, that's the, that's the guy who, you know, was in bands or is in, is in a band. I actually the had rock a rock co- and teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a coworker. She was, uh, at a um at a like a grocery store and um the the teenager clerk kid was like and she asked him she's like oh are you a student like yeah yeah and i'm she's like, oh, I'm a teacher i teach at, at at this school and he's like oh this is a different town he's like oh does pat do you work with pat flynn and she, <laughs> she's like uh yeah how do you know him because it's like this teenage boy and so like she's like oh like like i love his band and uh is it true that he's on tour all the time and doesn't go to work (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is like cool that you kind of keep the two separate because i have had teachers that have outside situations happening that are all that we're always bringing it into the classroom Sixth yeah. grade, Holy Family Catholic Academy, Mr. Musack did a lot okay. of community theater. And then he'd bring the tapes and be like, let's run it back. Let's watch. <laughs> no <notes."> way. <laughs> and he would just like show oh us. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> he would just show us like him acting in a play. And That's like, so funny. He definitely didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to be at school. Yeah, there's like a really. Imagine, I can't imagine Pat bringing in a tape of himself in front of students, especially because he's screaming. Right. It's not like yeah. singing or any sort of musicianship. It's like not normal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily I was just pretty much just singing about like not doing drugs and like trying to be yourself. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, like that, your whole thing was like positivity, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, your number, uh, your, 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 I don't your know. most streamed song is Armed with the Mind. I feel like, you know, open up the class with that in a really dorky way if you wanted to get, motivate them. Like <laughs> oh, writing man, it writing the, it on the, the chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, there's so many ways I could be so fucking lame. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not I'm not a cool teacher. Like, I, I, I think that I have like a, any teacher is, is dorky, especially if they like really like their job. But I, I hope that it comes off to the kids that it's like authentic. Yeah. But like, I don't go like, I will, I, I will bring in like a tour story 
if it suits like a type of analogy that I'm trying to explain for kids about human behavior. Like, like one, one that I always, I, I, I use to, which is a useful tale. Uh, it, when I'm trying to teach the concept of like what it means to be part of a nation state and, and, and a part of like a country that is just, there's no nationhood. It's just like the state. And then you, I, I, I give them the example of like, when we were in, in, in Russia, uh, we, we, I think St. Petersburg and then Moscow. Okay. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. The train. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just remember, well, well, for one, this was one of the topics. <laughs> it's okay. You can chime in on this. This is a good story. We, this is a digression, but like no, digress the, by all means. That's yeah, what this podcast is really like in the States when bands tour, it's geographically, sensible like you just go you know like we would go you know boston to new york down the east coast and then kind of you know go to the the you know american south through texas southwest california you know go up to the northwest and then we kind of cut to the midwest and then loop back up uh and it it, it makes sense but it, in in europe they're not like we weren't booking our own tours we had uh, an agency and they're they're booking based on the dollar so like they don't like they're they're trying to get the the venue that's going to give them the best profit like essentially we would do these tours like we go from germany and then we'd be in sweden and then we'd be in madrid spain it would it would be essentially like going from like jesus uh like boston to kentucky to new york city to new jersey to yeah. like and, and we would be in Europe just like idiots being like, man, these drives are so fucking long. There's just so much space <laughs> all between Germany. <laughs> Meanwhile, we were like, like we didn't, we always had like these like terrible like um, circumstances. But the one that really stands out the most is uh, like at, we, we flew into Helsinki. Then we drove to the border of Russia and Finland and played a show. We stayed then, in an apartment. Got yeah. woken up at around what, four a.m. No, no, you're, you're you're missing a beat. So oh. we we drove, and the drive from Helsinki to the Russian border is like seven or eight hours. We play that show on the Russian border, and then we drive back the seven or eight hours to Helsinki, play in Helsinki, and then we drive. No, and then we get picked up. So Kay, you can chime in here. Yeah, we got picked up around four a.m at this apartment by somebody we presume to be our driver. He actually doesn't speak any English. Well, He's no. just some Russian dude. Um, and then he proceeds to take us to, where was the first show? St. Petersburg? The Finnish kids don't know who's picking us up. We don't know who's picking us up. In my life now, I would never at four in the morning <laughs> get in the car, a car, by the way, for five of us with like equipment and everything. Equipment's up to my my eyes in the back seat and drive and, and bear in mind we had just done this drive twice so we're for the third time we're driving Holy this shit. like trek from helsinki to russia and we the guy doesn't speak a single fucking word to us we get to the border and he's just like get out and we just like go through a line with these strange russian men and then they let us in <laughs> So that was our experience. But when we arrived there, I had this conversation back to like the student thing that I'll, I'll use tour stories to like convey a point. So like, like 
before the French Revolution, and you know, for you know, continued on to a certain extent, there was no like concept of like, like the people who were French were like the the people who lived in the palaces and the aristocracy. So like normal people who lived in cities and on, on farms, they they weren't even thought of as French. They were just like beings who yeah. like served the state, and so. My student, like my students, don't really understand that, and so I, I give them like a modern day example that, like, so we we took a, a overnight train from P- St. Petersburg to Moscow. I was on last, so I had to share it with like three strange Russian Ukrainian men who were just staring at me. So like, <laughs> I was like, all right, you know what? I think I'm just gonna hang out in the car and just like watch watch Russia roll by. And I was looking at it and. You know, in my my dumb mind, I'm thinking like, you know, it's been a while since like the Soviet Union collapsed. So like, I'm thinking, you know, it's probably a little bit more developed or something like that. And it's still like this. This is in 2008, and I'm like, it's still this like economically destroyed place. But St. Petersburg and Moscow are like these beautiful epicenters of like architectural culture, and. I remember being, I, we got off to Moscow and like, I eventually started talking with this one kid that was showing us around and I was like, Hey, what's the deal between St. Petersburg and Moscow? Like, I don't really know much about it. It, it. it looks like it's pretty hard up. And he goes, Oh, that's, that's not really Russia. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck do you mean? It's not Russian. He goes, those aren't really Russians. And I was like, well, then what the fuck are they? He's like, they're just like people who work. <laughs> they're not really – they don't influence the state. They're they're just there. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean they're just fucking there? Like I'm we, – we've done tours from Boston to California and like at not one point am I like, oh, these people, they're just – they're just humans that just walk around. They're not Americans. <laughs> like so like that kind of helps them get the point like about nation. But that's like when I'll bring in Havard stories into the equation with its education do you do you ever have like moments of like just ego struggle where like a kid is kind of being shitty and you're like just internally like i fucking toured internationally like i'm 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 a cool guy i don't (laughs) deserve this listen bitch i'm cool you don't get it that's a really good question (laughs) no i guess like uh like, like, do you mean like if they if they think I'm lame and I'm and I want to like really just be like, yo, dude, you got no idea how fucking cool I am. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Teens are like fucking annoying and shitty, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, grab a kid, put him against the wall, be like, listen, punk. Why don't you, why don't you Google Have Heart Last Show Part Two of Seven on YouTube, and then watch that, then see who you think is a lame idiot, okay? <laughs> who you think is sus? All right. <laughs> Didn't you start a uh, a new metal club for for uh, you know unwell children or unadjusted uh, children? No, no, th- so uh, there was. Um, uh, I you did I'm that sorry. at one point. I kind of don't want an explanation. I just like to think. I'd like to continue believing that you like that was your way of trying to turn around the at risk youth as being like, yeah. guys, come to the Corn and Deftones Club. <laughs> After school, and we'll listen to some music. We'll turn your life around through music. Yeah, you know what's really going to help you deal with all of your social emotional struggles? The first corn record is (laughs) going to get you through. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it got a lot of people through a lot of things, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what ourselves included. 
I wanted to get some of these bullet points. These uh these yeah. things you teased me with, folks. Um <laughs> so I don't know where to At start. Being brutally guys... beaten in the streets in yeah. Sydney, Australia. I mean, what's the best <laughs> one to start? You guys toured like a lot of places that are like I'm just skimming this right now. I'm seeing all of these countries that I don't know, like hardcore is like there's a scene for it in a lot of countries where it's surprising, but I don't know, not many hardcore bands like tour the world. Well, 2005 and 2006 when we first went to Europe, but like the more like, like I guess you could say like frontiers, like places where like hardcore doesn't say, exist. Yeah, yeah. Like so, yeah. we're we're technically the first uh, straight edge band to play mainland China. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're like literally hardcore doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. and just you know, live music exists, so people right can there, see yeah. live music. Yeah, right. The I mean, this is one of the things we were on the bullet bullet point. <laughs> like, so we were told that Hong Kong, because it's you know ties to like Western democracy, would be like the place to play because they had had they they had had like I think like dance play. Yeah, I think fucked up had played there in Hong Kong, but they didn't play mainland China, um, and our tour started. It started in Club Mao. That was like the name in, in Beijing. So like that was like, yeah. I, I I couldn't believe that like the the first club we're playing in China was called Club Mao. I was I know, like, how could this like, be any more stereotypical? Yeah, it's 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 like the hypothetical that like a racist guy would think up in his head if he had to like. <laughs> yeah, make... right, right. <laughs> Where are you playing Club Mao? Yeah. Uh, Cl- yes, actually. <laughs> uh, so. Oh, but like, so we, we play the mainland and, and Hong Kong was last. And I think it was. It's Gongzu. Guangzhou where, was, in, was yeah, incredible. We, there are probably like 400 people there. Oh, wow. Like packed out show. It was insane. Like yeah. no one, no one knew. Like, so Guangzhou is like, it's kind of crazy that that show had the highest turnout. Yeah. Because Guangzhou is like just it's it's just completely factories that's all it is like remove any nice building from new york and just put it with not even like just like a like just put it like just replace all of it with factories that's kind of like what i remember being in guangzhou about it and it's like pretty much windowless factories too and so it has like this like super like orwellian life sucks it's you're just, just playing all labor. you're playing on the foxconn campus practically right <laughs> uh so like and 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 that was like the the largest turnout yeah that and, was a wild uh, show people were very excited like taking photos with us and asking everyone for autographs things like that that's it yeah so like we're looking at that show and we're like holy fuck if this is if this is what like a factory town factory city uh that seems like so stereotypically like mainland like china like like city style like and that many people came out then this fucking hong kong show is gonna be insane and so like we we take the the ferry over we 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 get to hong kong and we're just like hell yeah we get to the venue what felt early and then like an hour goes by and then another hour goes by and we're like yeah what when's everyone getting here uh and they're like uh uh, it's gonna be a minute or so, uh, and we're like, oh, all right. So the other thing, okay, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but wasn't this show like if you look at Hong Kong and like the city, like the city skyline, there's like, it, it, there's like a lot of like 
apartments like and just buildings on like these giant kind of mini mountains i guess you could yeah, say yeah. or like like giant like hills and like i think our the show that the venue was like on top of one of those places yeah it was so like i like and you, you, had, you had to like drag our like our, our equipment all the way up and then we finally get there and like hours go by and then it's like you know all right start just starting <laughs> like, there's, there's, like, no, there's literally like no one there <laughs> there's probably two people who paid and i think they were both uh american yeah yeah they were yeah, both I, I remember one of them like was from boston <laughs> so we, we played this show to uh two people just like one event- boston guy in china yeah. <laughs> exactly literally just like not- really lost and hadn't gone home this is how i'd like to imagine him would you you went through with the show there were more people I on mean, stage than in the crowd. Oh, we, without we a doubt. Played, yeah. We played many shows to nobody. So the fact yeah. that our reunion shows were good is kind of a karmic payoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or or it's just like a wholesale lie to the public of what things were actually like. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, there's, there's no videos of the shows of us playing to nobody. There's perfect. only videos of good shows. So Nobody yeah. had to record it. See, kind of perfect, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, all right, so our our experience in China was like kind of oh, sh- k- kind of shitty, and like so that was like the tail end because after that we we went to Southeast Asia, which by the way was like unbelievably awesome. Um, but uh, the way that the the, the China store, uh, China, like part of the the world tour started was like truly every year when I'm like teaching my unit on like, you know, when we're really zeroing in on the history of China, uh, I'm, and occasionally I'll, I'll bring in photos of like, you know, us in front of like, uh, the forbidden palace in Beijing or like, you know, there's a statue of me with me in like Simone Bolivar or something like that, you know, just be like, Hey, this stuff exists. I've seen it. Uh, and by the way, I'm cool. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but like, it was this final world tour and we had this first stretch out to Chicago where we were doing shows with, uh, with like Bane, uh, to this like reunion festival and we would fly out of Chicago. Um, and I remember booking it thinking like, you know what, why not just like, you know, rather than just, you know, finishing the show in Chicago and then flying right to, uh, to Beijing, why don't we, why don't we just have a day off in Chicago, which is ironic because, um, Bane had asked us, they're like, Hey, uh, do you guys just want to jump on this show? We're playing in some, like somewhere in Indiana. And we were like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just play. So like, we didn't even get that day in Chicago. So we drive out. We're just like kind of cruising, just start like doing like late night tour drives. Like we stop at like a McDonald's somewhere in the Midwest, like a truly unremarkable place on the, on the earth. It's just like, like, I mean, that's the McDonald's- most vague thing you could say. McDonald's right. in the Midwest. Yeah. Right. We were just, we were basically just tailgating in this parking lot, having like right. the greatest time of our lives. That's like literally right. all I did up to then. growing up. <laughs> and, and, and we, it was like just true middle school era shit. We were in a McDonald's parking lot. Uh, and I think someone, we were listening to like Machine Head moshing yeah. like, like idiots, just like, just being dumb idiots, be like, oh, and like eating the worst fast food on the planet. And so then like, I think we just kind of stayed up all night because we're like, oh, it's a, it's a long flight. So we get to the airport in Chicago, and 
I think it's O'Hare. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Is, if my yep. airport correct. knowledge is, is still on fire. Um, so we get there and I, I, I go up to the front desk and I'm like, uh, all right, hey. And I hand her like the printed out reservation. I was like, yep, we're getting on this, uh, uh, you know, check our bags, ma'am. Uh, we'd like to get on this flight to go to Beijing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause we're a rock band. See the, see the yeah, guitar cases check over this there. Guitar. <laughs> yeah. checking this, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're a touring band, yeah. ma'am. Uh, so like, not that I was actually doing that, but nonetheless, uh, I handed it to her and she's like, yeah, this flight left, uh, yesterday, 24 <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> and, and I was like, and it, the four guys were behind me and I was like, whoa really like <laughs> because th- this would have been like a this like this was a colossal fuck up because we, if we miss this flight it completely cancels the other ones it just removes you off of it and so i'm just like standing i go like i go like completely white and i'm like and i was just like ma'am uh uh i was like i i, I i'm so and she and then she go and, and then she goes and also like this is the wrong <laughs> I forgot about this. She's like, this isn't even the airline that's going to fucking fly you to. <laughs> oh, so like, I just look like a complete asshole to this, <laughs> to this woman. And I'm like, Oh fuck. So, so then we go to the right. And, but then she gives me, she gives me a tip and, and, and God bless this woman. She's like, Hey, here's the deal. When you go to this place, you have to like work, like you have to get their sympathy because if you don't get it, like, you, like they're not gonna help you out. So you have to like really play, like you know something bad happened. And I was like, oh fuck, okay. So I don't know if you remember, but I remember telling the four of you like, hey, uh, I'm the world's biggest fuck up here, uh, and we all need to look very sad as you stand behind me. And we're gonna go with the story that our van was broken into and we like you know missed this flight. Um, so we, we, we do that, and I think it actually worked out sort of in our favor because we, it gave us a direct flight to Beijing, which sounds fucking crazy because that's half the United – that's half North America. Yeah. Chicago to Beijing? Yeah. Whoa. I, I, I was like, whoa, they, they actually do that? And so they, they, put us yeah. on a, they put us on a direct flight, and so I was like, oh, cool. Like we, had, like we didn't miss any shows because we had a, uh, the, the kid – I think his name was Paul, uh, who, who was like showing us around. Like he, we had a day off, and uh, I'm like thinking, you know, like oh, everything's fine. We didn't miss any shows, so we get to Beijing, and the first thing that he says to us is, "Oh man, I'm. It's so. It's too bad you guys didn't arrive on time because because we were supposed to go to the Great Wall of China." And, and and I'm actually thinking, and I'm like doing the math, and I was like, wait a minute, at the exact time that this like this this future aspiring history teacher was supposed to be visiting one of the most treasured ancient sites in all of human history, I was in a fucking McDonald's parking lot eating dog food and moshing to machine head <laughs> in indiana yeah. in indiana yeah. <laughs> yeah damn yeah the drive from chicago to indiana is bad it's just like all like factories and like abandoned towns that's like where my yeah. family was born like my my parents were from like yeah. that stretch 
Um, and I used to have to do that commute. It's brutal. Um, that's yeah. so fa- that's so funny. Like it, it's it's the it's safe to say that it's like it's not the fucking Great Wall of China. That's for no, sure. Very very different. <laughs> very very different. The, the ironic thing is that when we were in China, we were young, didn't have any money, basically didn't have internet at that point. So we got taken to one Chinese restaurant and I feel like we didn't actually like it because we were young and dumb. And so we ate it. We ate at McDonald's pretty much every meal of that entire trip in (laughs) China, which looking back is like, you know, the dumbest thing you can do. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember when we went to the pizza hut? I don't. Dude, I'll never forget it. And I actually do bring this up when I'm talking about like what globalization can kind of look like, like in the world. But, um, I, I ordered Buffalo wings from pizza hut in Beijing and I got it with, uh, with blue cheese. And when they gave it to me, I thought they forgot the blue cheese. And so I was like, Oh, ah, whatever. I guess I'll just, I'll just eat it straight. Um, and so I took, (laughs) I took a bite into it and they have a different take on how you, uh, you know, have blue cheese. They injected it into the buffalo wing. Oh, and so whoa, when I whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> there's needles whoa, involved. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I'm Truth listening. be told. So I take a bite into it, and it fucking explodes on my face, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So like, I I did I thought it was some weird like chemical buildup or waste oh, in there oh yeah like fat deposits <laughs> yeah. or something yeah and i was like oh like and like cyst. the guy's like no no that, that that's that's the cheese <laughs> i was like it's like oh what? fuck like uh, you, but you order buffalo wings in china and blue cheese they it just nuts blue cheese into your mouth <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean that that's one way to interpret it yeah for sure uh so like to me i was like damn like th- this is this is pretty interesting. And uh, uh, what was the other place? Bruce Lee. We, we went to the Bruce Lee restaurants. That was like their, uh, like their kind of like KFC. What's this story about you getting beaten up in Sydney? Viciously beaten. Viciously yeah. beaten. Yeah, I mean, you got to use the right words. I, I would say uh, viciously beaten within an inch of my life. Are you serious? Is, uh, Are you exaggerating? What happened? Uh, well, I guess we can tell the story. <laughs> yeah, and also, Kay, I want you to tell a story sometime too, if you got one to tell, or chime yeah. in on this one. Yeah, we haven't d- heard definitely chime you. in. Uh, I mean, there's like a two-parter because it starts from Pat's perspective, then it starts from the rest of the people's perspective. All right, so. let's yeah. do that. Let's let's do that. And 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 the reason for that is because I was neurologically concussed, so I couldn't offer oh, a fucking boy. perspective. Oh boy. Uh, so it was like, it was our last tour and like, uh, you know, we had this little, not mantra, but we were like, Hey, you know, we're not going to be touring the world ever again. So like, let's try and go out whenever we can. Cause it's very easy to just like go to sleep and then you miss a night. And so we just played a, uh, a great show in, in Australia. That's my Australian accent. Sorry. It was, it was <laughs> uh, we played in, uh, in Sydney and the show is great. And we go back to our hostel, which is uh, like a side street off of like what was like a kind of like a busy downtown area. Uh, and it was known as kind of like the clubbing district, I think. And but also in kind of 
like one end was kind of like not it was kind of crime like high crime the other end was like clubs so like you know drinking and high crime it's not a good mix but uh you know we decided to to go out uh you know like Basically, right. half half of us half of you went out half of us stayed at the hostel yeah and that's where this divide starts right so it was like me two members of the band and uh our friend danny who uh she wonder, wonderful human being uh you know worked work for the label that was like bringing us around and so i think it was just like four of us or something and uh so we're coming out like out of the side street onto the main road and we turn left and and as we're approaching like the main road we hear like like just kind of like loud yelling and sounded like quarreling and so we approach it they weren't fighting but they're just kind of like yelling at each other and the group that i was with like the three or four people i was with decide to go around this uh around this group like kind of walking into the street but i noticed that there was just enough room for me to walk by and kind of go alongside where like the shutters for like the front like of this business were i could scoot by that because i was closest to like the corner so i turn left and then i was dressed kind of i guess like neutrally in this case so i was wearing something that could be perceived as like somewhere between like streetwear and like clubbing you know you can do the you can do the imagery in your head. Yeah. But what I recall was that the, the, the quarrel was between clubbers and for lack of a better term, I hope that this is not an offensive term, but like kids who are uh, like of the street. So like street kids. So I'm kind of dressed neutrally, but I, it's, it looks like both sides are like probably inebriated in hindsight. Definitely. Um, so as I'm scooting by, someone gets shoved into me and like really hard and I go like flying into like the shutters and I very kind of peacefully okay you're not with us right I'm not with you no. so, so I've only heard this so like I like very peacefully like I'm like all right never mind but like I guess me pushing this person that was like thrown into me to the side was deemed as like you know, like some type of first attack move. <laughs> so, so I, I push this person off of me and then someone just punches me in the face and I, I, I'm not one for fighting. I, I, I believe in the power of nonviolence. Uh, but you know, the second you lay hands on me, I'm going to fucking beat your ass. Cause like, I, I gotta, I, like, you can't do that. There's like these primal instincts just like shot through like my, like my, my skull and the legend has it, I, like, I'm grabbing this person by the hair, like Goodfellas style, just beating the fuck out of this person for all of one second. And, <laughs> and, and the next thing I know, I'm, it all, this is all happening in the span. I'm telling it forever, but like taking forever to tell it, but like, I'm, I'm, it's all happening in the span of like a minute, but this interaction is happening. Like me, the fight is happening between like five, 10 seconds. So like, I'm like beating this guy viciously, just really winning for all of one second. And the next thing I know, uh, I don't know how, like, I just, I was, I, it was so weird. I, the, my recollection of it is that like, I was fighting this guy and then I looked up and I'm on the ground and my head is up against a curb and a tire 
and I'm just getting wailed on. And the only thing saving me from like, like excessive head trauma is the fact that I'm, I'm technically kind of like under the, like the part of the car where they can't get, cause uh, like, I'm oh, tire. Jesus. and like someone yells out, like curb that C word. <laughs> Uh, which oh, I will no. leave it at that as a, as a teacher. A, it's not a bad. It's not a bad word over there. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chances. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so someone yells that out, and I just remember time slowing down because I was like, "Holy shit, I'm about I I just I just heard that I'm about to die," and yeah. I remember time slowing down. I thought of my ex girlfriend, who's my now wife, and. Uh, like my best friend and my father and, and it was all in slow motion and and I'm oh our friend Danny it doesn't help that our, our friend Danny who's like this really you know short uh, petite blonde girl who's shrieking she's like shrieking like because she's watching someone essentially get murdered uh, and so I, I hear that and that's kind of like bringing me back to consciousness and somehow and like from what I gather is that the, the, the guys in the band that were with me were pulling people off of me. But what was happening is that neither side knew who the fuck I was. So they were all just beating the shit out of me. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. Both that- sides for whatever reason, squashed their beef and decided to only <laughs> beat on Pat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so I, I, I'm, uh, I'm sitting there, oh, I'm literally in it, and like, I somehow like, thank, thank God, my like bandmates were like pulling me off of, like pulling people off because that allowed me to like get up, and so then, next thing I know, I'm in the middle of the street and it's kind of it's kind of wet and raining, and then the next thing I know, is that there's this. There, there's this guy swinging a fucking chain. Oh fa- no, it's not over. No, face. no, no, no. He's, there's this one guy, and I, he's like, I, I think he was bloody. I don't know if that's the case, but I don't know if you know who the chain guy is, Kay, because I don't, I, no, I don't no. really. You know who he, I'm talking about? Yeah. So I think at this point, Danny had run run back to the hostel to get the rest of us, and there were probably like seven of us, and she was screaming. <laughs> Some like Pat's getting beat up. Everybody runs, so we ran out of the hostel, um, into the street, directly into this what we perceived to be a brawl. And I remember seeing this guy swinging the chain with blood pouring down his forehead, and he was licking the blood like a <laughs> psycho. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right, yeah. it, basically, we didn't we didn't know what was happening, so we just kind of started fighting people um, in the street. Uh, I don't know how this situation kind of fizzled out, but we, after it fizzled out, we looked around and Pat was gone. He was right. just missing. <laughs> so what, and we spent some time looking for you like all over and somebody, we had eaten at a kebab shop or you had eaten at wait, a kebab wait, wait. shop. Who like, took out the chain, the chain guy licking the blood? Did you guys, I don't know I what mean, happened. Like, I think I, it just dispersed. I, I think I, well, so what I think this is my theory of what happened is that this guy's like swinging the fucking chain at me. But the other thing is on the other side of me is like the club guy. And I got to tell you, 
I hope this person either was a boxer or became a boxer because they were laying the most horrendous, like powerful punches to my face. And, and like oh. every one of them was landing. Like it was just like, boom, boom. Like in, in I mean, a manner a, that kind of like kept me like... like standing like one of those punching bag clowns that just kind of keep popping up. And, and also mind you, this is all in the span of like 45 seconds. And so like, I'm all I did was turn the fucking corner. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I, like, so this dude, this one dude swinging a chain, and this other dude's just landing these punches on me, and like, so, and and on the street that we we're on, everything was closed except for the kebab shop. But I'm so disoriented, and I'm like, I need to run, I need to run away because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking die. So like, I have all I have right now is is to run away. Because there's two two people against me. One of them swinging a chain. Their face is bloody. The other one is like landing every punch perfectly right in my face. And I think I, I got one punch in, and he and I fell on the ground. And like a court, like so, like apparently a car almost like completely killed me. Uh, I, I don't recall that, um, but I I fall. Me and the club guy both fall down. I get up. And then I just – I was like, I hope I'm running where the kebab shop is because if I go down like the play, like the part of the street where everything's closed, I just have to keep running. And there's this chain guy fucking following me or like you know swinging a chain at me. So I just run as fast as I can and I just ran into – and I, luckily I was in the right direction. And I just ran into the kebab shop right into the back where like the – like where they were cooking. The kitchen. Right. And these, these poor guys are like, uh – what the hell? And I'm like, and I was like, Hey, uh, uh, people, uh, I'm pretty sure people are, I'm like con- fully concussed at this moment. And like in a total, like, you know, concussion moment. And I'm like, uh, I'm someone's trying to murder me. I, that's all I'm saying. So I'm just going to sit right here. And he, the guy's like, like looking around, he's like, they're trying to murder you. Like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going there. I'm standing right here. And he's like, uh, so luckily he was quite nice. But like when one like eventually one of our our band bandmates like because you were fully missing nobody knew where you were you guys just right. got in a fight to defend him then then all of a sudden it's over and he's gone he's completely gone so back to you right. well, let's switch perspectives now okay where were you guys so, at we were just so confused because basically at the hostel we were kind of just like sleeping or reading and all of a sudden. Danny comes in and starts screaming that Pat's getting murdered. So <laughs> as we ran out, it was such a confusing situation, uh, including seeing, you know, chain guy and all this stuff that we were completely disoriented. And the fact that Pat was missing, we were just like, what? Like, <laughs> is was, he dead? Was, <laughs> is he dead? Yeah, exactly. And so we were just, I think we split up and just wander around trying to find you. I believe someone went into the kebab shop, but didn't see you because you were in the kitchen. And so it was like an ordeal to find you. Eventually someone did find you in the kitchen. You were completely fucking concussed and gone. I believe you, you kept saying, am I still dating Marin? (laughs) And then we'd be like, we'd be like, no, you guys broke up. And then you'd be like, Oh fuck. Right. Wait, that's that's am, my now wife. Wait, <laughs> am I am I still dating Marin? I feel no, like dude, a, you broke up. It's a subplot oh, through all of this. Fuck. Yeah, I was I was completely out of it. I do vividly remember 
when I was found, uh, I remember quoting Anchorman. <laughs> oh my god! I do not remember that <laughs> because because like you know the scene where like after like the big fight and Will Ferrell's like, well that escalated quickly. Uh, I just I just quoted that and I, like because I, I was trying to not have like a mental mm. like a complete mental breakdown about almost getting murdered and like my my only mental mechanism in that case was to like just be funny and i was like well that escalated quickly and the, and and the the bandmate that that found me was like crying because they thought i was like dead and i'm just like quoting anchorman i'm like yeah, yeah hey am i dating my my ex-girlfriend and like I, I remember saying that and uh and then i i remember maybe Kay, you can corroborate this but i remember going back out there and the, and the australian police were there the sydney police were there and one of them said like hey it's not just all kangaroos is it and <laughs> like i i was like i was so crazy at the moment that i and i was so pissed that he said that to me because it was like you ignorant american like you think like less of my place and i was like i didn't fucking say that I didn't say this was about kangaroos. I didn't say this place was full of koalas. Fuck you, man. I was like mouthing off to this, to this, like uh, this dickhead Australian uh, police officer. And, and then I just like spent the night at the ER where I'm pretty sure I contracted uh, some disease that you, not disease, but like viral infection uh, that you get in hospitals, like typically uh, staff. Uh, I don't think it was st- whatever it was like I remember like a lot not long later being like what the fuck like I definitely got it because it was also like it was like half ER half methadone clinic um and yeah the, the if, if this is a testament to my to the like my love for my wife I spent like the entirety of the of the night just asking Danny who had brought me to the ER like like do you think do you think she'll take me back. Like, do you think she, we'll, we'll, we'll start? And, and Danny doesn't know who the fuck this, this girl is. And I just kept asking that over and over the next morning I woke up and I felt like I had been run over by like a steamroller and we played a show and I, I had to start off yeah. being like, uh, you played the show the, that day. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I, I had to start off saying like, so the doctor said that if I hit my head, I will die. So don't touch me as you go for a stage dive. Uh, I think you can find footage of that show. It was in uh, Byron Bay or something like that, or like Brisbane. It was in Brisbane the next day. And uh, yeah, it was uh, a fucked up, fucked up story. Dude, that's how long did it take you to recover? Not you long. seemed fine. You seemed fine the next day, and we continued to play shows. And it was, was for real. Very surprised. And it was just like a concussion. That was it. Yeah, I mean the like the the kind of like the the annoying thing was that like I all the marks and the bruises were were like not on my face. So like and they were like all like on my scalp. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like you know all over my body. And uh, I remember just being like, fuck, I can't even, like, look like I got my ass beat. And, like, the next day. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to believe you. Like, no, no, no. It right. hurts real bad. Like, you just don't, you just don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, I do vividly. I also vividly remember the next day, and and actually, kind of still today. I don't really, I don't really like big crowds. Like I, I just like I, I'm very, I'm a little, little uh, wary. I wouldn't. I don't want to call it like trauma, but it's definitely a place where I go back to. Like if I'm in a larger crowd, I mean like, that's pretty reasonable though too. Like yeah, like uh, Fiddlehead. My other band was we were in London for New Year's Eve, like a, like a year ago. And we were going to watch the uh, fireworks somewhere on like some hill. And it was just like, everyone was there. And there were these, um, there were like these two drunk, like, like, you know, super English, like British guys, like sitting behind me, fiddlehead and my, my like five month pregnant wife at the time. And they're, they're sitting behind us. And they're saying the C word, which is also not a bad word over there. Uh, yeah, but, that's. Your, I would uh, say that's a trigger for you. If I heard that again, <laughs> I mean, that's so like very fair PTSD trigger. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's like I, I think literally you, yeah, what make, it is. You're making a great observation there. Yeah. So I, I'm like sitting there, and they're just like they're super. They're getting super drunk, and there's just like families all around. But we're like right in front of them, and. You know, we like we picked our spot to watch the fireworks, and and I'm like, you know, like, like nudging my wife, being like, hey, how about we like just like move a little bit further? And she's like, why? These, this is great. And I'm like, ah, okay, whatever, <laughs> fine. Like, and then I'm like nudging like my guitarist and be like, hey, you wanna? I think it's kind of cool over there. He's like, nah, mate, this is like a a pretty good spot. And I'm like, all right, okay. And then like, I spent like the whole night just being like like clutching like a, a bottle in case I was about to have like some like fight with these two. Like they're just dumb, drunk British guys. But I was like, Oh, they're going to fucking fight us. And I'm, I'm going to have to like defend my pregnant wife. And yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that that's not weird to me. I honestly <laughs> think uh, the country of Australia owes you an apology. And well, we have you Australian know, I got, listeners, I, I got so. a, a fucking bill sent to my house in, in Massachusetts. <laughs> Uh, my my father he was like, hey, because I didn't tell my parents this because they would what would that do for them? But my my father was like, hey, were you in the ER in in Sydney? And I was like, oh yeah yeah. He's like, yeah, you owe them like five hundred dollars. And I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> that's not too bad so though. Like, I thought it's universal over there. I, there was some fee, man. It wasn't universal for me. I guess God it was damn. universal for uh, those uh, those Aussies. Yeah, what the hell. I mean, five hundred bucks though for that isn't too bad. It could no. be worse. Damn. No. Okay. So yeah, viciously uh, was accurate. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and looking back though, that is one of the funniest stories. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> dude. That's fucking insane. I'm like glad you're alive. <laughs> I, yeah, I, Jesus Christ. I am too. We have. Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean oh More also stories to tell this all like thankfully. all of the stories by the way seem like it's like you, you we're kind of like learning the the relationship story of you and your now wife and uh yeah. mother of your kids too right you're a oh, dad yeah, that's, that's yeah. A big, true the big through line it is funny though because like i mean at least i know that that you're married with ki- happily married with kids but it is funny because we're hearing these like tidbits of your your wild days and kind of like my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, the same person. And then, yeah. uh, 
Like I kind of want to direct a movie about about you. Oh, this is I, I mean, a beautiful story. Like there's a, there, there's a really there is a funny story, a quick one at that. Sure. Uh, so like uh, my my wife and I we met in high school, and you know she saw the first lyrics to to like the first half heart song ever. And she's like, this is really cool. But uh, she actually came on the first tour we ever did. Uh, and, but uh, under like really depressing circumstances for me. Uh, uh, so, you know, when you meet young, you break up a bunch of times and sometimes you don't get back together, but if you know, whatever it is. So it's, uh, my freshman year of college and I booked the first half heart tour and the routing, like no one would book us. The routing was so insane like, cause we were just going wherever we could get shows. The routing was, um, Massachusetts, Providence, Rhode Island, and then Atlanta, Georgia on New Year's Eve. <laughs> so like that, like the next day. So like, and then it was Atlanta, Georgia, Alabama, Nashville, Connecticut, Virginia beach. And then, and then I actually think we were supposed to go Virginia beach to Vermont. I think that that was, that was that it was just Jesus like Christ. just very very terrible shall i say european style uh you know uh routing uh, <laughs> yeah so but anyway like um so this is like during our winter break i i basically ruined our relationship uh that first semester of college booking this tour uh because i just i was so focused on booking it and trying to make that happen and uh, you know, we go on break and then two days before Christmas, she, she, she dumps me. She just like looks up, she goes, I don't want to date you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding? She's like, yeah, it's not working. See ya. And I was like, holy shit. And, and she was like really good friends with all my friends. So, uh, we go, it's the day of, uh, so we play the mass show we, and the day of the Providence show, which is when we, the night we were going to leave for Atlanta the next day, cause it's a 24 hour drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who booked our van was um, like he, he, he was much, he was older and he promised us that he would like use his credit card. Cause we were 17 or 18 like that. Uh, and he would use his credit card to book our van. Uh, and so I was like, cool, thanks man. And so it's the day of, we're supposed to play the Providence show and then go to Atlanta, Georgia that night. Uh, he, we're, we drive with him. He gets to the place and he comes back in and, he, and he's just like shaking his head. He's like, Hey man, uh, they don't take debit cards. Uh, you have to have a credit card, which I don't have. And I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? You like you, you didn't have a credit card. He's like, no, nah, it's a debit card. Like, you know, that, that language you, is used interchangeably. And I'm like, well, you just, you just cost me some, a whole, an entire tour which cost my relationship with like the love of my life so i like completely fucking hate you now and he's like <laughs> and then like we just drove back like in silence and like i'm just like texting a million people being like uh what the fuck like uh does anyone have any like mode of transportation and we somehow get in touch with uh this band in this like christian hardcore band from uh like Bel Air, Maryland. And they're like, yeah, we have one. We'll, we'll rent it out to you for two weeks. And we're like, but you have to, you have to get here. So we had one car between, it was like two bands, 
need one car between two bands. So we needed another car. And everyone is like, yo, just ask Marin. Ask her. Who's my, and I was like, dude, she just dumped me like five days ago. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to ask her. And like, she's not going to care. She's like our friend. Like, what is she going to use her car for? And I'm like, to fucking drive around. It's her fucking car. And like, just see if she'll drive us down to Maryland. It's like, she's not going to want to drive us to fucking Maryland and then drive home alone. And also, geniuses, how the fuck are we going to get back when we return the fucking van? So they're like, uh, just, just, just see if she's down. She's, she, you know, she's really supportive. So, so I ask her, and she's like, yeah, but like only if I can come on the tour. And, and like, which, which was totally fair because she's like friends with everybody. Like, she's totally, yeah. Like, yeah, like it's totally fine for to, to to ask that, and she's like, "I'm not doing this. This would be fun." And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, in order to like live out my dream of going out on a my first tour, I have to spend three weeks with a girl who I believe to be the love of my life, who just fucking dumped me and is." absolutely not coming back anytime soon. Like there wasn't any chance. There was no writing on the wall that she, like we were going to start dating yet. And, and every fucking day was like me sitting in the van with her and just being like, Oh, I fucking hate my life. While she's just like laughing it up with my friends, <laughs> enjoying like every moment I see, you know, like guys are like hitting on her at shows and I'm like, yeah, this is like the greatest time of my life. I just can't, can't believe how awesome Tori is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll add to that too. I mean, she broke up with you because of the work you put into booking the tour, and right, then she yeah. gets to slide in afterwards <laughs> and reap the benefits of your hard work. You know? Yeah, the yeah. Irony. So you know, uh, maybe it was a it was a demonstration of my patience and and temerity, I guess you could say. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then like I I, I mean, Kay Kay witnessed some like real. Uh, do you remember the trip to Canada? Yeah, the first time I ever played a show <laughs> with the band, you had just she had just broken up with you for like the second time. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. How many times total did you break up? Oh my god. I mean so many times. Like yeah. and, and, like and it was always her breaking up with me, you know, and like I think like one time I broke up with her. Uh but like you know, it was always just because we really loved each other and we met so young and like, it just wasn't healthy to like, not know about like ourselves in the context, like of other people. Like, you know, so that was always kind of it. And she was, she was way more keen to understanding that. Um, but you know, like I, like, you know, like really, really liked her and loved her. Obviously I married her and we have a family now, but like, do you remember the, the trip to Canada? Yeah, it's it's a running theme where she breaks up with you and then we go on a 10 plus hour road trip with both of you in the car. <laughs> right, right. All this wild tension. So like super, super but, tense. And Kay, but I, we, I hadn't really, like, I didn't really know you at that point. Right, right. I remember you kept calling me Kai like over and over, even though I would correct I, you. I know. And I, I, I always tried. To, Some weird chick. Yeah, I tried but, to fix it. I've never done it since. But it it was really weird. It was like, I don't know these people. I like this band that I want to be in it. So we drove from Massachusetts to Canada with this like unbelievable boiling tension <laughs> kind of the whole time. 
um, just kind of spilling over. We played one show in Canada and as we were driving back, Pat, you basically had a meltdown. I, and, I, I uh, well, it was, I mean, context, I'm 18, you know, I'm still basically in adolescence and they started playing this game. Do you remember what it was? It's like some like riddle game. Some riddle game where whatever you say, if you say a certain word, it's like, I'm going to bring this to the moon. Oh my God. Something stupid like that. And basically everybody got the game except Pat. (laughs) Um, And it's just causing, it's causing insane amounts of tension. Right. I remember Uh, I ended up like, yeah, we like, like I I thought I was just getting fucked with. And this is like, you know, my ex-girlfriend and like, I'm 18 and I'm like, just so fucking pissed and i've been it was like an overnight drive and i'm like oh and i ended up i i just like slammed the door shut and like i didn't punch it but i like just like hit my hand back and like i like dented the car and i was like oh god like this is not what i wanted uh and, and and like it never it it never like that that type of behavior like literally never persisted but like i remember being like that was my first interaction with that, basically. <laughs> and I was just like, who is this psycho? That's a, that's a future founder of the New Metal Club. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that was... Um, I, mean, I, I think it's fair to say, Kay, that like my uh, demeanor d- uh, proved that to be an aberration uh, in, in, in subsequent years. I'd say that's true, but there are so many other uh, quirks and abnormalities that the normal fan doesn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, that's no, sure. You could that's write true. a book. Yeah, oh I mean, nothing like I'm not like bashing down walls, but yeah. I, I know how to keep a cool head, you know. <laughs> like, but <laughs> when you tour for like nine months straight, don't expect everyone to be, uh, you know, just like perfect yeah. lovers with each other. And, oh and no, touring in a hardcore band, like people think of touring in a band is like, oh, maybe you're in a bus or you're getting hotels every night. Touring in a hardcore band you're sleeping on hardwood floors a lot of time sleeping on concrete there if you get a hotel room three bands share a hotel room everybody sneaks in there's 15 people in like a motel eight sometimes you're sleeping in the venue like it's not glamorous at all so if you do a lot of touring in a hardcore band it definitely weighs on you yeah (laughs) it's funny that people are like hey so how come you guys broke up? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> oh. Let me show you the German squat that had literal feces like everywhere, uh, which made me sick by just like, you know, like the smell of the place and like show you why we broke up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, multiple I times mean... we would play a show in Germany in a squat. Everybody would leave the show and then our sleeping arrangements were literally on the stage we just played that's disgusting <laughs> yes i mean germans famously love shit that yeah oh my god i mean well i think that's like the most disgusting touring situation you guys beat dan deacon who was like telling us about traveling somehow touring by himself literally solo on greyhound buses oh on the buses yeah I heard eating that. cans of beans eating corn <laughs> was it corn bus. or beans <laughs> both oh both beans and corn yeah 
disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, Solo this is man, kind of hilarious. Man beans. Solo is kind of... In a group, you're doing it, something disgusting together. It's like a bonding experience. There's more of you to be judged. When you're one guy, you're just... At a certain point, you're just a crazy guy in a Greyhound bus eating corn, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so one last thing I wanted to ask you about before you uh, we wrap this thing up. There's a some kind of tale about your record deal that I was told about uh, a record contract. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, the, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this a good yeah. final story? Yeah. So technically, and, and, and I, I could be wrong, but Chris Wren can check, can check this. And I think like Chris Wren is the guy who uh, does bridge nine records. But when we signed to the label, like uh, we, we just, they did contracts and, and um, we never, we didn't actually physically sign. And so it, it took forever to do it. I think because like my father was like, he was like, he was like, let me see this contract. Not that my father knew fucking anything about yeah. like, music, music law. He was just being like, I just want to make sure you're not getting ripped off. And my father was by no means like a reader of like, like legal language, but uh so like he was just like don't sign that until until we get some eyes over it and i was like all right so when i eventually showed it to my father he like he couldn't have spent more than like 25 seconds looking at it he was like yeah it's fine yeah (laughs) so that delayed the process but when we finally went to give it to chris uh we were meeting him at posi numbers which was this hardcore music festival and the year that uh, like the year in question that I'm talking about, it was at this this giant dome, uh, like soccer dome or whatever it was. And when you would open the like, I don't know if you, anyone's ever been through those things, but sometimes like if you open the door, like air just fucking yeah yeah, yeah it's AC out. yeah right. It's just like boom. So the the festival ended up getting canceled early. This is 2005 because there was like a giant brawl uh, and it. So like everyone's just like scurrying out. We had to go play Chicago and we're just like, let's get in the van. And Chris is like, Hey man, uh, don't forget to give me that contract. So like everyone's in the van, we see him and I'm, and we're in the van. We're about to leave. And I'm like, Hey Chris, I got the contract. So I get it out and I go to give it to him. And as I give it to him, like we're directly in line, like probably like 30, 40 yards away from like the doors. But like, Someone opens the door, and as I'm handing him the contract, it just completely shoots off into oblivion, into the woods. It's like a Simpsons episode or something. (laughs) And it had been like six or seven months since, like, we, you know, they asked us to join the label. And we just sort of looked at each other. We're like, ah, well, uh, fuck that. So uh, that was that. So I don't know if we are technically fully signed to bridge nine unless unless chris friend and i wouldn't put it past him like went searching for it (laughs) (laughs) so your record contract just like went in the woods you guys didn't look at all i mean we had to get to chicago so we were like let's get the fuck out of here so Uh. (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of hilarious but you see you did go on the label yeah yeah it worked out out. that was uh i mean here here's one Last story. I, I, Kay, I, Kay, you weren't here, but uh, you know about it for sure. It's the reason why Kay's in the band, actually. Um, uh, so we we had a, a, a former guitarist, a wonderful human being, 
Um, and it, it, it just, it just wasn't connecting like like, you know, musically, uh, kind of, you know, socially wonderful human being though. And we're on the, the same tour summer 2005. And, uh, uh, this, 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 this person like who was in the band at the time, like snored really loud. Like I'm talking like, like a tank, like a genuine tank. Like you couldn't sleep in a saint. No one could. It was like a machine gun going yeah. off. Uh, and so when we would stay at like motels, he would just get a separate room, but not because we made him, but because he was just like, you know what? You guys can't sleep. I'll just, let's just stay at cheap places. And then that'll be that. So we're like, well, you dude, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll do that. So, you know, we're about like two weeks into the tour and we're in somewhere like, like between Northern and Southern California, like in like, somewhere in central california like where there's like a lot of like like cow murdering factories that like smell that make the whole area smell terrible and and like we find this like kind of like off the beaten path motel and after like what was like two hours of like constantly going to hotels no vacancy no vacancy no like and it was a lot of stop and go and like this this bandmate i'm talking about was just like you know, getting, everyone was getting grumpy. Uh, so we finally found a place and we go, uh, to the front door and this person, uh, you know, comes out to get their own room. And I, and I look over and I'm like, and I'm like, Hey, the room, it's like, everyone's in poor spirits. It's like three 30 in the morning. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, Hey, the, uh, it's pretty cheap. And, and, and he looks at me and, <laughs> and he just fires off a, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I was like, uh, excuse me. And, and like, and, and it was, people were just pissy cause we were late and it was like a miserable night. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, like, and so we got into a tiff and the tiff led to this person just kind of like, kind of like quickly saying like, you know what? Fuck this band. I quit. And I'm like, you quit. And we got like three weeks left. Like, you know, like, and, so I was like, what the hell? So everyone goes, goes to bed. This person has their own room and we wake up the next morning. And I was thinking, you know, like, listen, we can sleep through this. Um, and we'll, it'll be fine in the morning and we'll just sort of, you know, go through the growing pains of being in a band together. And I ended up like, you know, I, I see them and they're, they're in the waiting room and you know, the, the tension was still there. And I think a lot of it was because, you know, there's like, you know, friends, great match, like bandmates, a little, little different musically. And, and like I said, like kind of like band socially. Um, and so like, I, I, that's probably why the, the tension remained through the night. Cause we were just kind of reading the writing on the wall that this isn't, this probably isn't a good match. So I say to this person like, Hey, listen, let, you know, let's move on from this. And they're like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm, I, I just quit. And I was like, really, man, like, we're in the middle of Cal, like, like a desert, like California, like, like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't fucking care. And I was like, damn. So I was like, well, okay. So then we go to the McDonald's like right next to the, the hotel and just had like McDonald's breakfast. Once again, uh, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> got to support those up and coming you know, restaurants, you know, more like, more uh, like have heart disease. If you guys yeah, don't watch right, your right. diet, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so 
like we're like we're talking and like all of us are like yo is he seriously like not coming back in the coming back what's he gonna do and we're like i don't know like whatever you know so like an hour goes by and we're pulling out and we see and we see him and we're like yo come on just get back in the van come on and and i'll never forget it like he he, he looks at me and he just waves his hands and then he turns around and just walks what looks like into the desert <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna fade and, away right and and all yeah. the while november rain is playing in in the car <laughs> and and we just get in the van and we're like we're just driving and like it's like five minutes and we're like no one says anything and we're like did that just really happen did he just like quit the band and just like walk off into the desert and, and like cell phone like i don't even think we had cell phones maybe we did it was early ages but like i don't think he had a cell phone and uh and and that was and that was that so like and then like later that day this, this person called and we're like hey listen I, i'm really sorry and we're like yo listen let's talk about this this just isn't a good match and like you know this is a sign this is some writing on the wall so you know let's sort of move like we let's let's just bygones and just sort of work on a, on a friendship and they were cool with that and and, and this person, you know, I, I would call them up, and you know, they're, they're a wonderful human being. I, I I love them to death, and it. But it was like a moment where we were like, "Holy shit!" This person just walked off into like the wilderness, and <laughs> uh, and and that's actually how Kay ended up joining the band because uh, he had we had tried him out in 2005, went to Canada, and uh, was rejected. You it was you weren't rejected. It was that I had a close kinship with the guitarist, and and the bassist at the time had a close kinship with this person who ended up walking into the desert, uh, and it wasn't a good match totally for everyone else at the time. So, you know, but you weren't rejected. I, I'll say, uh, you know, it was it was it was a classic Pat Flynn trying to keep keep the peace uh, within within the unit. But it all, you know, that that that's how that all shook out. It all it all worked out in the end. Now you're happily married. Here you guys are together, um, and you're, you know, now everything's good. We're we're in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, you guys are on a Zoom podcast. It all yeah, it all yeah. worked out. <laughs> yeah, fifteen years later. Yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't been a band for. Yeah. Quite some time. I, I mean, those reunions. I didn't even think really consider us being a band, but you know, it. it good keeps us in touch uh i appreciate you guys having us on it's good to absolutely chat. well boys thank you so much for coming absolutely. on um i've uh, yes, want to do this for a long long time and um once this is all over if it does end if you ever make it out to california we gotta do this again in person i think yeah yeah it'd be a good time we can get a uh, uh another have our member ryan yeah uh on could uh chat it up uh austin stemper uh massive fan of yours big time wow fan. uh yeah you, 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 you got a, you got a, you got a lo- large following from half uh, heart the, part uh, two you make you an honorary member of the have heart crew oh dude let's go let's freaking <laughs> go by the way my neighbor when i first moved in i saw like this guy walking in the street in a have heart hoodie and sure enough he's like a huge fan he was like the first person i met living around here Ooh. dude sounds super fucking cool yeah shout out to my neighbor <laughs> my good neighbor there's been some neighbor talk on this uh this podcast before i have i have bad neighbors and i have a good neighbor um, okay the good neighbor is the half heart fan it would be a major plot twist if my crazy neighbor <laughs> let, let, let's get him on next time yeah get him on the pod <laughs> all right well thank you boys and um thanks for listening everybody
Fuck with a thing of 